Hey, this is Russ Perry, CEO and founder of Design Pickle. If you're wanting to learn how to embrace change and navigate through disruptions as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, Dennis Giannoutsos. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsos. Hey, welcome to the show, Leadership is Changing. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Leaders everywhere confront similar obstacles because people are people, but everywhere you go, leaders are overwhelmed, disrupted, and under pressure. They run from email to email, meeting to meeting. Many leaders are not changing quick enough, which means they run the risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind. The purpose of the show is taking our listeners' leadership to another level by finding their balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. I believe we don't have enough effective leaders in the world today, and if we can get the leaders to step up and lead change, then they can inspire real change. Hey, listeners, it's now time to adapt in our fast-moving world. Hey, listeners, if you haven't already checked out the Facebook group, Leadership is Changing, go ahead and do that. And if you're on LinkedIn, there is a page there, Leadership is Changing. So when I started my business a few years ago, I wanted to get a whole lot of design stuff done, and I've been using this service called Design Pickle. And today I have a guest with me. He, his name is Russ Perry. He's the founder and CEO of Design Pickle, the leading flat rate graphic design and creative services company. And under his leadership, Design Pickle has grown from two to over 600 team members globally, completing over 950,000 creative requests since its 2015 inception. Russ resides in Scottsdale, Arizona. Lovely place. I love that whole place with his wife and his three daughters. So Russ, hey, welcome to today's show. Thank you for having me, Dennis. Super excited to be chatting with you. Yeah, awesome. So I've just given our listeners a brief introduction to you. Is there anything else that you want to share with us about your background? Uh, how much time do you have, man? I've written a whole book about it. Um, no, I mean, uh, thanks for having me. I, I think what's funny is Design Pickle started out there was no design pickle when I started it. And it was for me solving my own business problems, just like yourself. I needed, I needed design help. I was trying to find a solution that fit my budget, fit the quality. And it was, it was frustrating. It was challenging. And I always relish pun intended. There's a lot of pickle puns in, in uh, my world. I always relish in the knowledge that design pickle was I was the first client, you know, I was the first client of the service. We didn't have the brand at that point, but I found a way to put together a team virtually, a team that was responsive, a team that was affordable and ran my consulting business on the bones of Design Pickle, like the first generation of it for a good 90, 120 days until I finally kind of had that, hey, wait a minute. Maybe other people might actually need this as well and kind of kicked it off uh, from there. Uh, last month, January 2021 was our six-year birthday. So we've been now doing this for over six years, technically. Oh, awesome. Happy birthday. I mean, that's wonderful. And six years. Amazing how that time has gone by so quickly as well. And, you know, that's great that you looked at wanting to solve your own business problem, you know, and then found a solution, but then also offering it up to others as well. Uh, which is brilliant. Hey, Russ, 
How have you gone into leadership? I mean, I'm, you know, tell us a little bit more about that. So I was just on a one-on-one -on -one with one of my engineers this morning, and we were talking about this exact topic. And hmm. I will actually go back to before Design Pickle, 2014. I had lost everything I had known as an entrepreneur. I had a creative agency for eight and a half years. I closed it with my business partner. And for the listeners out there, closing your business is worse than losing your business. It's definitely worse mm. than selling your business. I, I say closing your business is like putting your pet to sleep. It's like putting down the thing that you love and you care about, but it's horrible. It's horrible because there's no big story. It's, it's pretty anticlimactic, to be honest. And at that point, I realized I needed an upgrade of my operating system, of the Russ Perry operating system. I had mm. been on a treadmill for eight and a half years, and I wasn't about to go for another eight and a half years with that same OS in my brain and in my heart. I needed a, I needed a change, and I didn't really know where to begin. So here in Arizona, there's a lot of events uh, in normal times. There's a lot of personal development. There's companies that have their offices here. So I reached out to my network and I vividly remember my very, 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 very first leadership training, personal development conference. It was everything in one. My friend, Vanessa uh, Shaw is her name. She was hosting it and she didn't brand it as this, but this, it was it was actually basically a women's conference, <laughs> but she, she didn't say that. And so I show up, it's me, maybe oh, wow. one other guy and her husband, who's like running the AV and the tech. And it was transformational. And it was the first time since I could remember, I was working on myself and I was thinking about that and I was building that. And so I was addicted. I was addicted at that point to, to leadership. I was addicted to personal development because I recognized that so much of my limitations ahead were, were limitations of just my belief system or limitations of my confidence or limitations of my, my network and who I know and where we're at. And I, and this study, this, this path that I was on was shattering those time after time after time. And they started small. Like I remember one of the first goals that I had was to, was to, um, to, to, to spend a summer, like three or four weeks in California. Like that was my big goal. Mm. Like we had never done a beach vacation before. And so I wrote it down and I worked on it for like three to four months and we did it. And we had this great experience, which, you know, for me at the time was the, the bit, the biggest thing I'd ever done was this really, we had a home we could, wasn't on the beach, but we could walk there in about 10 minutes. And so anyway, like, that has just been the pattern now is when I think about leadership, I think about what am I doing to upgrade my operating system? What am I doing to grow so that my capabilities are matching my vision? Awesome. What am I doing to upgrade my operating system? I love that. I love that. And that last piece you said about your vision and your goals, is that what you said? Yeah. So like I, my goals have always been, my vision and my goals have always been huge but my capabilities have not always been oh. equal to match. So that's what I look at in terms of leadership is you're you're upgrading your skill sets to match that that great destination that we all have. So if you're not doing that, you could have the biggest vision in the world, but that's all it's going to be.
is just division. Yeah, isn't it? It's really interesting to see that and the fact that whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're in a large corporate, it doesn't matter. If you're not out there developing yourselves, listeners, it's really important that we do that. For the six inches between your ears, what I call, you know, the attitude gap, that the operating system probably is what you're, you're saying here, Russ, which is really important. But if you can align your capabilities to those goals and vision and then help, that, that'd be wonderful. And I think a lot of leaders don't do that and uh, they just hope for the best and see where, th- where things are going. Well, and there's some ego at play too that you have to get through, especially if you've had success in the past or you achieved relatively quickly. You either hang on to that success thinking, hey, I've done it before, I can do it again. Or if you're in the middle of it, you're uh, you're currently you know, at that point where things are going great, everything's aligned. What's, you know, if it's not broken, don't, don't try to fix it kind of mentality, but you know, there, there is that ego. And, and I had, I had to battle that, you know, I had to go, I had to beat my ego down to nothing to say, look, I am willing to learn. I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to hire others and invest in my and coaches and training programs and do these things. And maybe not 100% of everything you have to take on, but it finally allowed me to be humble enough to open that, open that door of growth up. And I see that a lot with leaders is they you're probably less so for your current listeners because the people probably listening to this are, are open, but Maybe, you know, you know, someone, there's a friend and there, when that door is slammed shut, you know, yeah, things might go for a bit, but then there's a, an awakening or a, or a wall that you hit. And the question is, is do you, do you put that ego aside and are you willing to learn? Are you willing to grow? Are you willing to be guided by someone else? Yeah, that's, that is huge. Absolutely huge. Of course, the listeners here are uh, on that path of learning, of course. They're the most elite of them all, enlightened of them all. That's awesome, yeah. (laughs) Hey, Russ, thank you for that. So this person could be alive or from history. Now, who's your favorite leader and why? Wow, that's a great question. You know, it's really recent, and this answer may change, but I just finished part one of Barack Obama's memoir. And it was really impactful. You know, I just turned 38 last month also. And so most of his presidency was a, was a time I remember really well. And in fact, reading through what he went through, the national crises, the policies that were passed, it, it was, it was hard, you know, like, yeah, he was successful in some regards, but there were so many challenges after challenges after challenges. And I think for me, why I'm picking him is because his book was so eloquent and humble and modest around it. And that's the kind of leader that, that I want to be, you know, that's the kind of leader that I want my kids to grow up and see. And, and, you know, maybe his impact was limited to eight years and, you know, the United States, it's not, it's not like, you know, Jesus or Gandhi or, you know, some, some, some global person who's had generational impact, but, that's relevant. It's recent. And I think it's a really great modern example of what leadership is. It's, it's about, it's not about self. It's not about, um, it's not about personal interests. It's about doing what's the best. And in this book, there were often no right answers. Like there were often no clear answers of where to go. Like the, the, the choices were all bad choices and someone still had to make those choices and decide where it's at. And having that integrity, having that intent, 
that's what I took away from, from that book. And I'm a avid reader. I read all the time. It was just one of the best written books I've, I've ever, I've ever read. Uh, and, and I didn't read, know this, but he's, he's, he's an author, like he's written books before he was a president. So it was really cool. And it was really cool to get the like inside scoop of all these things that were going on during that time. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how we can learn so much more about people uh, if we actually take the time out to do that. And also, because we see a lot in the media and the media will portray things certain ways and things like that, or we will listen to other people based on what they have their views and their opinions, which is really gossip, but it may not be very well informed. But then when you do read books, things like that, that's that's really interesting to see and you can learn so much from it. Hey, um, the show is called Leadership is Changing and that uh, title there, um, you know, when I was recovering from the, having the tumour removed, this is one of the ideas that popped into my head and so it was like, wow. And so Leadership is Changing, when I, when I say that title, what does that mean for you? I mean, we've talked a lot of already in just a few minutes we've started here about that hunger for growth and I believe that is one of the hallmarks of successful leaders today is their ability to adapt and grow. My business is not exempt from change. And I think every business today, the first 20 years of their business, things are changing. The dynamics, the economies, the people, the technology, all of that. And, and that is unique. I mean, if you think of leaders of the 80s, 90s, early 2000s, they were leading companies that were very monolithic. They were very slow to innovate. Innovations came from companies like GE. They came from companies like, you know, Hewlett Packard and Bell or Hewlett Packard and I was going to say Bell, Dell <laughs> and, you know, like the tech companies. But now those innovations can happen with two guys and some software coming out of wherever, you know, middle of nowhere. So the ability to change as a leader is the most critical function, I believe, in terms of being a successful leader. And like, so leadership is changing is to me when I hear that is it's like, that's job requirement number one for a leader is to being able to navigate that and to, and to be comfortable with it. I'm excited for it. You know, I, I again, I'll, I'll talk, I was just on one-on-ones with my engineering team and we were talking about some technology that we're working that's two, three, four years out. But this technology is like, you know, like I'll, 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 I'll share a little bit, but you know, disclaimer, this is not happening anytime soon. If you're a design pickle client, like, you know, predictive algorithms to match you with the best creative. That's all done right now, kind of by hand. Like we do, we do a lot of that manually, but there's no reason why we can't look at your brand. We can't look at the past work of a creative. We can't look at this new layer of machine learning inside our technology to do that at scale and do it in a way that sees success in the creative process. To me, that's change. And I'm like stoked, you know, like I'm really excited. Other leaders might be like, no, 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 no. Let's just keep doing what we're doing. And, you know, that's that's obviously the, not the path that I, I recommend. Yeah. And what I really like about that is the fact that, um, you know, there is a lot of people, leaders like that, as you said, they don't want to do it. They want to stay in their comfort zone. We're okay. But then, like in my introduction, if they're not changing quick enough, then they're becoming irrelevant and being left behind. Now, you're talking about four years, maybe longer out there in the future, which is fantastic. So you're starting to think about the future, but it starts now. And what I always say, Russ, is that wherever you are today in life, whether it be in a leadership role, whatever you've done, it's based on what you've done in the last five years. 
And mm-hmm. so what you're doing now is setting yourself up for the future, which is which is beautiful to see as well. And um, you you touched on the play on the on the on the topic just a little bit then about industry and business changing and so forth. So how has your business or industry changed, and what sort of pressures is that or demands has it put on you and your leadership team? Well, we kind of stumbled across this over the last few years. Um, when we started, you know, it really was just. Um, we just wanted people to find creatives, right? Like there wasn't some big master plan on changing the world, just solving more problems that we had, that I had. Uh, but what we've, what has emerged and I think we're really bullish on is this kind of new model of workforce and, you know, to help explain it, you kind of got to go back in history. So like the very first way you found help was you hired an employee, you know, most modern businesses, you hired an employee and that worked. And then in the next phase was like agencies, like, hey, here's a collection of folks that are very specific to what you need, like an, a creative agency or a technology agency, and you can hire them to solve these specific problems. And then f- the internet, like freelancers and freelancing came around because now I can work from Bali and I can do whatever I want. And then and then tech com- tech got layered on the freelancing and that's where we found like the gig economy. It was like, hey, now if we optimize these these workforces with with tech problem is the gig the gig economy has really just been focused on like low skilled work you know driving delivery jobs that are that aren't aren't creative they aren't like these these more technical roles and so what we've really leaned into and where we're headed is you know the creative industry and what i'm in is moving towards what we're doing is like the subscription model we're calling it the subscription workforce where you can have the flexibility of like a gig economy, but you have the, 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 the work and the quality and the dynamic nature, like software where you can scale it. You can, you can build your perfect team of people. They can be one or a hundred. And if there's some, this elasticity in it, not to mention, you know, a base layer of competence and skill set and, and, and the, the roles that your business requires. So it's, you know, it's this next, like what's after gig economy, we're predicting it's subscription workforce and we're going to see it happen in our space, obviously, because we're pushing it. But I believe you'll be able to do this in legal accounting. You know, there's going to be so many like high knowledge roles that make the leap and, and you can't make the leap with gig because, because a, a lawyer needs a job. A lawyer wants a job. You know, a lawyer doesn't want to be on a marketplace trying to figure out where their next check is going to come from or waiting yep an app like, Hey, ding legal brief. Okay. I'm going to review it. You know, like they want that consistency. And that's what that subscription workforce provides is that layer of consistency for both the provider or the client and the provider. That sounds so exciting. I agree. <laughs> the subscription workforce, that it sounds very exciting. I, I um, When we moved to this city and uh, about a couple of years ago, we actually moved here four years ago, and then about two years ago, we moved to a new house. And I was walking around the neighborhood and I was going, oh, they're going on about this workforce from home and all that sort of stuff. I think, oh, that's just marketing crap. Here we go. And I started counting all the houses with the signs of businesses at home. And I was like, I stopped at 48. I was just like, okay, all right. Yeah. Maybe it's working. And I think what we've seen as well with the pandemic and so forth, it's just pushed it so much quicker. It's, it's, it's really accelerated everything to happen. And I think that we have to think about the way that we work and we work differently and, and move with it. And I think it's really great. And those leaders who are going to be on the cutting edge to make it happen are really going to be the ones that are going to be out there in the future. 
Yeah, and I don't think it's overly complicated either. I mean, I don't think like we're like that's what's what's kind of cool about this. I mean, obviously, COVID has been crappy. Well, for New Zealand, you guys handled it. Uh, Australia too. We're we're still figuring things. We're still like, do we like? I think people right. still don't believe in it here. So at some point, <laughs> but like, the point is like. I think people will come out of this like super excited about all these changes. Like these aren't the changes that are going to be negative in the long run. It's like, wow, I realized how much inefficiencies were in our business and and we kind of rinsed that away. I'll give you an example. Our office that we're in today, we have a physical office. It's me, three or four other folks that have basically just come here throughout it's a decent size office. I'd say, you know, 6,500 square feet. So a little over, you know, uh, 1,500, 1,000, 2,000 square meters. And like point about it is, is we will never outgrow this office now because what we decided during COVID is that mm. we are a remote company. So we continue to have this and cool space and technology and streaming and the people in Arizona can visit but it's not a come to work place. So we won't need desks for our growing team. And I'm stoked because we were about to outgrow this space in February of 2019. I had a $100,000 purchase order for new furniture that I forgot to sign until March. And then I definitely wasn't signing it. <laughs> That's a good so thing these, you forgot that. Exactly. So these changes, I predict people are going to be really excited about and there'll be some bumps in the road i think there's still tons of value meeting in person but it's not going to be this we must do work the same way we've done it the last 30 years yeah absolutely hey look you've talked about uh various things in the future as a leader now if there was one thing that you could change a business as a leader today what what would that one thing be today hmm as a leader i think it would be making sure kids get real business education earlier on in life. I made so many mistakes thinking that my path was to go to college and get a job and do that. And then when I started my own business, I didn't even know what a profit and loss statement was. I didn't know what a balance sheet was. And there are tons of really cool programs out there, extracurricular programs. But I, I think there is such a missing gap of 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 entrepreneurial business knowledge that needs to be more prevalent in you know similar with art and pe and like and like these fundamental things and it's not to say everyone needs to go start their own business but even if you work inside of one if you have that foundational understanding you can make better choices of where you work you can make better life choices of of the decisions around that you can make better impact have more success maybe go and do your own thing so that's, I mean, I have young kids, so I think about that aspect quite a bit. And yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's my idealistic answer for you. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's wonderful. And I think it's a great idea because, you know, there is, I wish there was that, that kind of thing. I mean, I did had to learn at the age of seven because I was, we grew up in the coffee industry. And so we were thrown into it after school, during holidays and that. We, we learned our work ethics, our skills and all that from actually doing 
the business with their parents, which was pretty cool to nice. do. Which which is do you one. still have that business or do they? Uh, no. So my parents sold. They've been in it 60, 60 years in the industry, but they sold their cafe. They had several cafes, but then my brother's gone and taken that brand, or took created his own brand, and has taken his coffee business now into other countries, into the US, into Chicago. Um, wow. Thirty five stores he's got to think here, and in, in maybe twenty eight in New Zealand, and there's like, there's some in Japan. Uh, I think one in China and the US, which is great. So just to see that. And then I've got- It worked. Your parents' plans worked. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And then I've got a brand as well if I want to as a backup. But, you know, yeah. I, I love what I do around leadership and all that side of things. But I think, you know, coming back to what you said around the business knowledge and learning that as kids, I think it'd be, that'd be wonderful to do. And uh, and a good, a good life skill to help what you said before about the goals, the vision, the capability and marrying it together. What a great way mm -hmm. to start and starting it really early, which is which is really good. Now, you've grown your company from two to 600 staff since you're actually uh, team members, as you call it globally, you know, since you started in 2015. Employees, what are their expectations of leaders? Has that changed at all? I, I don't have a lot of data on this question, but I will say because I don't ask them, you know, I don't ask them that I'm not the employee, but I will say, I think that generally speaking and talking with team members, talking with my other colleagues who have businesses that employees expect their leaders to be a lot more real and authentic. Mm. They expect them to be able to have candid conversations, to come down with them and meet them wherever they're at and they're the rigid hierarchy while might exist in you know again i'm i have a limited data set and i, I didn't i didn't work in like for a big brand like yourself in the past but i technically i actually worked for apple but it was a brief period of time but like like we believe that you know, there's an order and structure to the org chart for communication and teams and efficiencies and project management, but that's not a hierarchical order of importance. You know, it's not like, hey, if that person is a director or a VP, they're not accessible. And I think that's just, you know, people want that environment now, you know, coming to work, you don't want to work in this this environment where you feel like you got to watch your shoulder, watch over your shoulder, or you, if you, you know, so you're, you're, oh, thank you for your time. That was so, thank you for meeting with me. I mean, I don't have a lot of free time in general, but I will make yep. whatever time I can for my team. So, you know, maybe I'm a use case of one <laughs> at Design Pickle, but I think that's a fair generalization that that access, not just from time, but emotion and vulnerability and what's hard and what's challenging and what's working and what's not working. Teams want to know that even if it's tough, you got to give it to them. And, um, and so that's, that's the way I approach it. And I approached it through all of the craziness of 2020 and continue to, you know, as we move ahead. I think you're right. I mean, that's whether it's a CEO of a large corporate, uh, medium sized, doesn't matter. Uh, entrepreneurs, business owners, they're all saying the same thing, Russ. They're all saying, they need to be real and authentic. Having that candid discussion, as you said, uh, I think is really mm -hmm. important. And, and I like the other one, which is being vulnerable. And if you can bring the human side into it and being vulnerable in that, I mean, people are going to go, wow, this guy really gets it. And you know, he doesn't have the big ego and doesn't really care about people. He does really care about us as, as people, whether we are in a, a subscription workforce or whether we're in an employee. Exactly. At the end of the day, they're all human beings, right? And um, what they want to be treated well. Yeah. So 
In this fast-paced, ever-changing world, what makes a leader successful today? Well, we've hit on a few of them. You know, the authenticity, we've hit on the growth and that personal development. I I like to think about, you know, success as a measurement of kind of freedom of, of time. And I, to me, if your business is not being designed in a way that allows your yourself and your other leaders to work on the business and not just in the business, then you're robbing them of massive success. So like I'm a systems and operations guy, it's probably no surprise, your client, you understand how that works. But the reason that, that we've had so much success around it isn't, is because our systems give us the time to innovate. Our systems give us the space to, you know, take two days off site and work together as a leadership team. And so, you know, for me, it, it's a boring answer, but it's like, you got to have a business that is, that runs without you. You got to have a business that is producing something mm. and documentation and, and training and all of that. And, and the reason that that works so much down the road is because when you are able to step away, you can take advantage of these fast paced changes. You can recognize them. You can look ahead. You can look out. You can see what's coming down the pipe. And so if you are not protecting your time, you're, you're always in the weeds. You're not creating that space for your leaders you get blindsided. You can't innovate. You can't create. You're just doing it for the now. So, you know, that, that has been, I mean, I have a personal right. like hobby, I guess you could call it of time management. And I'm always reading books and planners and all sorts of random things, but I do that as a skill set so that I can be a, a better leader. Excellent. Wow. That's awesome. So, um, and I know you've been talking about the future and all that sort of things. I want to bring this last question here for you, which is, where do you see leadership being in five years? I know you've talked about technology and you've talked about businesses and the and the workforce and that, but where do you see leadership being in five years? I okay, I'm gonna go out on a limb here. This might be counter, this might go against things we've just said even in this interview. I think there is gonna be a retraction, uh, a, a reaction, if you will, to this flat organizational structure, everyone's equal, kumbaya kind of vibe. And I feel like people are going to start leaning towards more definition, more specialization, more really nuanced roles and wanting leaders who can help them just be performers. You know, I, I feel like the future workforces actually, again, we don't have enough time to go into it. I actually, I'm pretty opinionated on it, but I think there'll be less leaders emerging over the next five years. Uh, too much Fortnite, and the reason is because, and and out, and out of that, they will require people who can really lead them, and get them focused, get them clear on what they want. You'll have a really talented workforce who won't have any ambition or as much as as we've seen over you know the earlier generations. So leaders are going to have to be very clear with their own goals with what they're looking for and being able to assemble you know teams to get there but i do think there is going to be a leadership gap that we're going to see in the next five to ten years that's going to be major and it's going to require um, those that do want to lead to be very very precision operators and how they get the results they're looking for 
Well, that is music to my ears, being an executive coach, leadership development, team signer kind of guy. I'm like, yes, that's awesome. But I, th- I agree. I think there'll be, there, even today, I think there's a gap, and I even think there'll be, it'll become bigger. And um, But we will need to work differently as well, which is which is. Can, I, can I rant for one second? Do we Go have a minute it. for a rant? Go okay. Like teenagers who don't want to get their driver's permit and drive. Like, I can't understand that. Like to me, like that's independence, that's leadership. That's wanting to go and do your own thing. And like, those are the leading indicators that I'm tracking to, to back up my statement is that we have a whole generation of people who just want to sit around and consume content. You know, they're not wanting to push and push and push. So anyway, end I, of rant. That wasn't that big of a rant. No, it wasn't. And but I, I like what you're saying because I think for me, it that is you, you're calling it that's leadership as well, which is which I agree. But I also think it's freedom. Yeah. That, that gives them so much freedom, so many more options if they just get their license and they can go and do do what they want to go and do. But um yeah, it's all wonderful. Hey, um, so that's excellent. Russ, thank you for joining us on today's show. If our listeners are wanting to get hold of you, where should they go? So I invite everyone to join my very infrequent newsletter. It's uh comes out for me personally. So you can just hit reply on that. And that's, it's called under the lid, like the pickle jar lid. And you can go to designpickle.com slash under and get signed up for that. Excellent. Well, Russ, once again, thank you so much for joining us on today's show. Hey, you know, I loved it by the way. And thank you for, for, talking about this topic. I actually am on a lot of podcasts and not a lot of people are talking about leadership. So I think this is this has been super enjoyable. Awesome. Thank you. Hey, listeners, what we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Change is incredibly scary, especially with the unknown and the unfamiliar territory. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing. Hey, look out for the episodes as they've been released. Download them, have a listen, put a review and a rating, and share them with your friends, your family, your network. Hey, if there's any feedback you'd like to give me, or if there's a question for my guests as I interviewed them, or a question for the freestyle episode, which is Ask Dennis, send me an email, dennis at leadingchangepartners.com. Hey, listeners, the other thing I'm going to do is in the show notes is I want to put a offer for you around Design Pickle. I'm going to put my affiliate link there to give you a credit um, if you uh, go ahead and look at uh, Design Pickle. I'm really, really going to encourage you to check it out. I'm loving it, and I think it'd be a great thing for you to do. So go ahead and check out that link as well. Hey, listeners, thanks for tuning in. Until next time. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world.